Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hi, welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael and Jackie Russo. Michael, you were concerned about having an accountant on, and I think you were pleasantly surprised. I was. Ryan was awesome. Was Kyle awesome? Kyle was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why. I just got off the call with Orion, Orion O'Shea. Um, yes, uh, Kyle was awesome. Uh, he was actually and uh, very cool. He it wasn't heady. He didn't talk over. You know, it wasn't like a lot of jargon. It was very um, I could see his clients being very happy with him. Yes. Yes. Well, and I love that the approach that he's taken because it's a bold step in the accounting world to go fully remote and to embrace technology um, because I know a lot of accountants who have not been able to make that transition. So I think it's a great conversation. And as a business owner who has to read financials every day, he makes it feel like it's not the worst thing in the world. So I think it well, was good. Yeah. And the importance of it and, and the overall, you know, strength and growth of a business. I mean, you know, that's, it's an important element that like you had said, people kind of put on the wayside or don't address right away, or maybe afraid to deal with it, but especially for a smaller business or a starting business, um, or even, even on larger scale, those things matter, you know, and they can affect so many things, uh, reputation and, and just general culture of a company. If you don't feel it's secure, you know, and, and the mistakes as an owner, when you make those mistakes, they're just very costly. And um, we've managed to survive a few mistakes of our own over the years. And um, and re-emphasizes re the importance of having a good, good financial consultant in your, in your pocket when you need them. A hundred percent. And so without further ado, everybody stick around and listen to us talk to Kyle Gears about accounting. So welcome to the show, Kyle. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. You know, we were talking a little bit um, backstage about the role of accountants in society. And I half jokingly, half actually called you all unicorns because y'all don't get out and socialize much. I thought you made a fair point. And yet you're the vital backbone, lifeblood center of every successful business that I know. So why don't y'all want to hang out with the commoners, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish I could tell you, I, uh, you know, what do they say? The joke is if, uh, if an accountant is antisocial, he looks at his own feet. If he's social, he looks at your feet. So, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you what the code was, um, you know, going through and starting going through college and having accounting classes, right. It was a lot of, uh, it, it was a lot of expecting that coming into the profession to say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to sit in a cubicle, you know, I'm going to wear a pocket protector. Um, we lucked out a little bit. So I went into public accounting less, uh, you know, not quite the industry, not working for a, you know, a, a company in their accounting department. So actually got pretty lucky where we came into this training and it was a bunch of young folks like myself and, uh, found out that there's a lot of us that like to party pretty hard. So it was a good uh, training uh, first first experience to actually meet some social folks that enjoy accounting. But let me tell you, I've uh, I've definitely been around and uh, met a lot of uh, a lot of and the stereotype seems to hold true for uh, for a decent portion of them. Well, I was you know, I was considering accounting early on and um, I was a crossroads and I had to make a decision. Am I going to go into, you know, my 
graphic design and copywriting and advertising, or was it accounting? And it was a tough decision. Why are you going <laughs> to lie to our new friend, Kyle, like that? Michael took Math 105 14 times before he passed it. So <laughs> I did. I did. I had, a, I had a little problem with math, but um, but I respect it and I appreciate Those it. Those are also lies. Um, you neither respect and, it nor appreciate it. You fear it and you hate it. I do. And that's kind of my point is that, you know, I think that's the importance of it all. I mean, in our business, Jack and I are, are obviously kind of, uh, we run our agency, two sides of the coin. I'm creative mm -hmm. strategy, but we don't have the financial component, which we've been talking about a lot lately is the mistakes we've made over the years because we didn't, you know, because we trusted the wrong people or thought the wrong thing or didn't get the right information. And the fact that we've been around 20 years plus years is kind of a miracle because um, I know so many businesses that we've worked with personally that haven't. And it's usually because of something like that. They haven't planned properly. They haven't. It's not just about the marketing or the or, the, or it really it's internal. It's the, the, the cogs don't all roll. And there's something that, that happens that they didn't expect and they don't know how to deal with it. And and I'm sure that as a, plays a big part in what you do for companies and consulting and helping them kind of find yeah, their yeah, way. So right? Fun story. Um, man, I guess I have to say last year, but back in 2023, uh, we had the opportunity to be part of an accelerator program. Um, it was with Goldman Sachs. It was their 10,000 small businesses program. I don't know if you all have heard of it. Yeah, um, love it. Oh, Jackie's fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to some good, uh, good, good people over here. So, um, oh, no, they didn't know, let Michael in. I did it. Not the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably because Michael failed 105. How many exactly. times? Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm a backroom consultant. I, I'm brought in just to kind of look at things and, and give my feedback. That's about He's it. Like the the face. We wheel them out. People can talk about how great the recipes were. And then we put them back in the kitchen and go back to work. Awesome. That's the perfect, uh, perfect fit right there. Um, but yeah, so, mm -hmm. you know, going through that program and you probably realized this when you were talking to the other business owner, Jackie was how many, um, how many business owners out there are, you know, rock stars at their profession at what they do. Um, and as soon as you got to that module where they talk about, okay, well, let's look into the know your numbers, right? Your uh, accounting, uh, how few people, how much of a headache it was for everyone, how few people really kind of had any idea behind the numbers and where they're going and what they're doing, right? And I would think that was, for me, I always took it for granted because, you know, for us, the, the first thing you look at is the numbers and how a company runs and how it works. Uh, but that's not really, you know, not everybody's going to be going through their education and uh, being really good or enjoy the number side of things. And so what I had came through that course learning was there's a lot of folks that could use a lot of help with just, you know, that it's a terrifying concept that you're managing your business by looking at your bank account to say, okay, you know, is it going up or is it going down? And uh, that's a very scary place to be versus, you know, having some insight behind it, having someone help you out, put together things like, you know, a forecast, right? Where do we think we're going? Are we staying on that path? What does that look like at the end of the year? Am I going to be in business at the end of the year? Or, you know, am I going to be in a very drastic place? And I think a lot of people don't want to, you know, are scared of seeing what that looks like. But having that visibility for me and chatting with the other business owners was uh, really critical and really kind of made me start to think about how we could help out, you know, business owners, uh, small business owners, in addition to what we do now. Kyle, I love that. And you're right. We spent a lot of time in our Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business courses discussing this. And when they brought in the you to my class to go through how to read the financial statement, you could see the light bulbs going off 
because yeah. people never realized that this thing plus that thing equals this result. They, they were either going off of their account or they'd been told, just keep it at this level or above and you're fine. But they didn't even know what that level was equivalent to. And mm -hmm. so being able to read a PL. It's a game changer for a business person. And I am regularly shocked by how much I and so many other successful business people don't understand about our financial inner workings. Yeah. Yeah. And and I won't lie. It takes a lot of work to get, you know, your books in a good place to be able to use it, utilize it to. Uh, but once you do get to that point, you know, I think it's a really I don't want to say I'll say it's fun because I'm an accountant, but, you know, it's 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 nice to be able to have that visibility to, you know, face those uh, challenges. If you're saying, OK, well, you know, we think this is going to happen in the middle of the year and there's going to be a dip, but we can see the other side of it. Right. I think that's uh, a really important thought to have in your mind. And, you know, not everybody's going to have the the you know, discipline to go through and do that updated on a monthly basis, you know, actually talk to your bookkeeper or CPA to make sure that you understand what's going on. But, uh, but it is, it is really helpful. Right. I would think too, there's like a huge trust factor in that as well. You know, we, we talk about that a lot internally and um, like with our business, everybody can relate to advertising to a certain degree. I mean, they may not fully understand it or, or, or get it the way we do with experience level, but everybody watches TV and they watch, they read ads and they see things and, and it's familiar, you know, and they can make comments and recommendations. Oh, I like this. or I like that. Mm -hmm. Everybody has an opinion, but when you go to a doctor and you go to an accountant and you go to a mechanic, you can't jump in and say, well, I would do it this way or I would do it that way. Cause you generally don't know all the things that you know, you know, and, and that's where the trust comes in. I'm hoping that this guy or this girl is a woman is an expert and um, everything they're telling me is right. Because if it's not, the penalties mm -hmm. are high, you know, right? I mean, the, it's a, it could be a game changer. And and when that happens, what do you do? You know, so what, how does that fit into deciding on the right person and making sure and then cross-checking and all those yeah, things? Yeah, I've uh, come to find as we chat with more folks of just how... I would say responsiveness. I would say timely communication is probably the biggest one. I feel like if you're going through and you have this relationship with your accountant and you meet with them every year, right? And that's the only time that you ever chat with them. That's a really difficult conversation every year. And I see why people hate having those conversations because, you know, all of a sudden you get surprised with this. Oh, cool. I've got this big tax bill that I've got to pay now. Or, you know, my books are completely wrecked or, you know, in the wrong place from where they should be. Well, I'm glad I know now. You know, I think what I've found of the people and the firms that have really thrived and really do well are the ones that are having that consistent communication, right? It's, you know, maybe it's a monthly basis. Maybe it's taking a look at what happened the month before and saying, okay, well, here's what you thought, the way you thought it was going to go. Here's where we are now. Um, you know, and that helps you really kind of recalibrate if, if something didn't go as well as you could have, all right, let's find the reasons why and let's look into it. And so having somebody that's really kind of close, having those touch points, those, those monthly or more frequently, um, to, to make sure that they're your, your person that's, that's protecting you and your numbers. I think there are a lot of firms out there that will not have that conversation and they don't want to have that conversation, right? I'm too busy. Um, and I've, I've got other things going on. So really like that trust, like you said, Michael comes into, you know, being able to have those conversations pretty regularly. I would think it's almost criminal not to. I mean, because, you know, there's so much on it. There's so much writing on it. 
to say that, you know, yeah, I'm too busy or that's not, that should be important, right? I mean, that should be the thing that, that holds together. And uh, because again, you, you, somebody gives you a diagnosis or tells you that you need a new radiator, you're going to hope that they're, they're right with that. And, you know, the, the consequences mm-hmm. are huge. But yeah. people are scared of the consequences. And so there's definitely, uh, I'm going to stick my head in the sand and ignore it as long as possible mentality because they either know or anticipate it will be bad news and they don't want to hear it. We fear what we don't know. Like having a hard yes. conversation with mom. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Just like the way you avoid conversations with your mom because you're afraid that you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> Terrified. Terrified. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Y'all sh- y'all are old enough to not be scared of your moms anymore. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I um, guess you haven't met my mom then. No, but I've met his, so I do kind of understand <laughs> it a little bit. Um, so, Kyle, um, one of the things that fascinates me about what you're doing is the new enterprise you've started, which I feel like is really geared towards small businesses and helping them better understand what they've got going on. I hear from CPAs all the time that there's a shortage of accountants out there. So how are you leveraging efficiencies, processes, whatever, to be able to provide these extra services when everybody else is is short-staffed? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. There's a huge, I think there's a big article in the Wall Street Journal just recently around that to say, hey, you know, the number of people going into the accounting profession is significantly lower than it was, you know, a decade ago. So that's, and that's very true. And it makes a lot of sense, right? People going in, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you go in and you uh, come out into an accounting career and it's very lucrative. You know, you're coming out, you're making a lot of money pretty quickly. Uh, That's not the case anymore. When you look at other paths that are out there, right? I could go in and I could learn computer science and I could come out with a six figure job really, you know, day one if I wanted to. And so that's kind of the reason why there's a lot of lots of fewer accountants out there right now. Um, You know, that tends to work out well for us as an accounting consultant, that we can be able to lean into that and really help out and provide a lot of value with where people need it. And so, yeah, so we started going and uh, started zeroed in back in 2021. And, uh, you know, we've grown, my background was in with large companies. So helping companies that are you know, either going public or, you know, maybe they're getting a huge round of funding to uh, uh, and all of a sudden they need their books audited, right? Financial statements need to be audited. And so we really helped them take that next step from where they were before to uh, having the right accounting, you know, go go through and do a lot of this research that they didn't have to do before. So that's our background. But what we've come to realize now is, you know, we could take a lot of that experience and see, you know, what works and what doesn't for large companies and, you know, apply that to small businesses, especially having being a small business ourselves and understanding that side of it and having conversations with other small business owners. And the way that we really wanted to lean into that, because you're right, there's a lot fewer accountants out there to help. Uh, but we're at this beautiful moment in history where technology is just kind of accelerating in a massive way. And so we started zeroed in with the idea that, you know, we should be looking into the latest technologies that are out there uh, and, you know, use those technologies, those tools to really be able to do the job that, you know, maybe uh, an accountant would do for eight hours, you know, 10 hours, 20 hours in a week, uh, really reduce that. And down to, you know, something where you could click a button and have it done in, you know, an hour or less, right? Or being able to be more accurate, right? There's always human error. We always fat finger things when it comes time to uh, our number. But, you know, it's uh, having that 
technology there that's really doesn't isn't prone to that human error. Being able to use that, I think, has is where we're trying to lean into a lot of the efficiency that comes with. Uh, and and you know, it's not where you have to have a million or a billion dollars. You know, you don't have to be a Fortune 500 company with a billion dollars to invest in this technology. You know, it's out there. There's a lot of stuff there with something as simple as, you know, your Microsoft Office license. So what we want to do is try to bring that to, you know, businesses of all sizes and see where they can reap those uh, those efficiencies. Now, that makes perfect sense. Uh, a little off track, but I'm just curious because it seems to be all the talk right now. Where do you think people are going to end up on this Corporate Transparency Act? Is this really going to affect small businesses? It feels like just a form, fill it out, move on with your life. Uh, I have not looked too much into the to the corporate responsibility side of things. Is that give me, maybe give me a quick quick refresher on it? Sure. So, so what I'm I'm hearing, and it's been a big talk, and a lot of my CEO roundtable kind of mentorship groups is that every small business has to do this corporate transparency act and fill out a um, a new form, and they're called the BOI. What alphabet suit, man, they love to create new <laughs> letters for things. And so basically anybody that's the beneficial owner of a company has to be stated in this, this paperwork. And I think it's for the federal government to try to figure out who is, um, you know, hiding money or um, funneling money or any, you know, crazy okay. things. I'm like, we'd have to have a lot more money to be doing crazy things with our money. Um, and so you've got to fill out this beneficial ownership information act and turn it in. And it sounds like, some um, chambers and, and small business organizations are suggesting that the attorney help you with that. And some are suggesting the accountant to help you with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to figure out, is it is it a big deal? Because it doesn't feel like a big deal. It feels like a form. Yeah, I would lean more towards the it's just a form side of things. Right. I do understand kind of what they're trying to do with it with, you know, OK, I should be listing out all of my, like you said, a beneficial owner, right, a significant ownership. Uh, if that's, you know, a lot of foreign investors, you know, maybe they do want to see that at least to have the understanding of, you know, where, where some of this money is coming from versus, you know, uh, yourself or myself, who's, uh, you know, really an entrepreneur here in the States of, of, of trying to build, build a business up. And so I do see the benefits that they're trying to gain with it. Um, you know, and it does make sense. It's probably whoever's handling your, cap table right so you know whether that's the attorney generally it's probably the lawyer but um i just i do see it probably being a little bit more paperwork and less of you know really beneficial transparency side of things just because right. i mean how many small businesses are out out there tens of thousands and you know it's going to be plus and uh you know who's going to be leafing through all of that and uh you know really kind of gaining an understanding from it Right, right. No, I think it's, you know, it's millions. Um, when I think about the uh, lack of uh, the new wave of accountants coming in and the work you're doing uh, with your consultancy to really help get people kind of uh, up and, and running as efficiently as possible, is there a component either right now or next steps as as you continue to evolve this that's going to be education based so the more you teach them to do themselves the less you have to do for them kind of a divide and conquer philosophy yeah absolutely i mean all the technology in the world you know doesn't really benefit anyone if nobody's willing to use it right and so um and there's a lot lot a lot of people out there where you know things are moving so quickly uh, that it's difficult and it's 
little scary to, you know, try to learn the next latest thing because who knows, 18 months down the road, you know, maybe that that understanding is going to be defunct. So, um, you know, there needs to be a lot of change management as, you know, we're going and talking to our clients to say, hey, we have this really good process. We think that it could take, you know, it took you 40 hours to do this project. We could do it one hour a month, right? That's that, that there is a ton of benefit there. Um, but you got to be willing to use it and you got to be willing to understand it. And, you know, I think a big part of what we're going to be doing is, you know, writing out step by step, you know, how you use this. Or I think what I've seen has been really helpful recently is a lot of technology software providers, you know, they, they released a lot of videos out there, you know, just to kind of, so you can follow along, you can, um, you know, learn how it goes. But again, that's, that's taking time out of your day to, uh, really learn this stuff. And so I think there's going to be this divide of, you know, people in business where there's going to be those who do take the time. It's going to be extra time, right? It's probably going to be after hours where you're learning some of this stuff, but, but then you're going to benefit from it. And then there's going to be a lot of folks where, you know, what I've, what I've got works right now, you know, why would I spend extra time on it? And so, you know, they kind of forsake those long-term benefits, uh, you know, because it's, I get it. It, it. it takes a lot of effort to do that learning, but education will be crucial, I think, in the, in the future. Right. No, for sure. Um, what are you doing from a marketing perspective to kind of get the word out about your businesses and bring in new clients? Or are you one of those really cool accountants who's got like a velvet rope out the front door and you've got them waiting in the parking lot because they're just lined up to hang out with you? <laughs> oh, man. I was, you know, I was going to ask about the two yeah. before you jump in, Kyle, because I was looking at your your website, looking at your team. You have a very young team from what I would think an accountant's agency mm-hmm. would have, right? Um, and how you see yourself in the market. Are you dealing with an older generation market? Is it younger generation? Like, where is mm-hmm. your audience at? Does it, does it scope the, the whole gamut of, 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 you know, age groups and, and profiles? Or is it more specific in who you try to target? Yeah. Talk so, to? Uh, you know, if you asked me anything about marketing or a target audience about a year ago, I would have looked at you like a deer in headlights, right? I'm an accountant. I don't even understanding the word marketing and, and what it is. I think we've come a long way since then to actually, you know, one, really getting a basic understanding of marketing, the cycle and things like that, uh, but also like engaging someone to help us out, right? So just having an expert a consultant that comes in and says, okay, here are the things that you need to do in your industry. You know, here's the target audience that you should be looking at. And that's been extremely helpful. And so, you know, that we spent a lot of time last year, uh, last year putting together what that strategy looked like. And now we're acting on it. So I know it takes time for that to get up and running, right? But I think, you know, we're on the way to, uh, you know, hopefully getting to more of that 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 red velvet rope, uh, you know, line of, of folks. But, you know, when it comes to our target audience, um, it is still a little bit of, I would say, an older generation. But I think that's changing pretty significantly. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, the older generation that is retiring relatively soon. Um, and a lot of, you know, my colleagues, the people my age that I grew up with, they're getting into the positions that we would be reaching out to. So, you know, for us, it would be a, let's say it's a financial controller at a large company, or maybe it's a CFO at a startup, right? Those, uh, you know, in, are starting to come into their thirties. And, you know, those are the folks that we're talking to. They're a little bit more open to, you know, finding, 
when I say digital solutions or using technology to solve problems. And so those are the folks that we tend to try to, to connect with as our target audience. And especially, you know, uh, software companies. I mean, software companies, SaaS companies, that's a very high growth area, very high growth industry. And so, you know, they're moving fast and they need a lot of help with their books. So it almost kind of comes together in a really nice, um, you know, package that there's these high growth businesses that need help and they're willing to, you know, utilize um, newer concepts like, you know, a, a younger team, quicker response rates um, and, uh, and and software and technology. Well, and I noticed too that um, it looks like, at least from the profiles I was reading, that um, y'all are kind of all over the place. So, are, are y'all do y'all have a hybrid kind of model of how you all work together um, from different states, regions? I think you have somebody in Philadelphia, so you're yeah, all over we're the place, fully right? remote uh, firm. We're based in Southern California. Myself and my my co-founder are down here, but yeah, we've got folks in uh, Reno. Las Vegas, uh, had someone out in Philly. Uh, they just moved to San Diego. I guess they, uh, they, they wanted some of the sun out mm, here, but it. yeah, we're fully remote. We don't have an office. And so what we try to do to kind of compensate for that, cause I'll be honest, I miss being in offices, you know, I miss, uh, having that, that collaboration and that, that, that physical presence. And so we do try to, you know, it's, it's, we've tried to do it on a quarterly basis up to this point um, get people together, right. We'll do, uh, what we call a quarterly meetup. You know, we'll find a cool place for everybody to fly out to or drive to, and we'll spend maybe two or three days, uh, just getting to connect with each other or, you know, learning, having, you know, a discussion about the culture of the company or, you know, learning a new technology, having a hackathon or something like that. So I think that's been a really crucial, uh, part of our culture to make sure that, you know, you get to enjoy that hybrid side of it, right. You're able to work from the comfort of your own home, but you know, you do get to actually connect and meet with the people that you work with. And I think that builds rapport in a really major way. I, um, I think that is a huge shift in the traditional, um, approach to your industry. All the accounts that I know, it's we have to be in the office. We have to clog our, they're like attorneys. We have to, you know, clock in our 70 hours. Mm -hmm. We have to see each other. We're going to work with people local to us. And the fact that you've embraced this remote philosophy, obviously there's challenges and culturally making sure people are connected and that they really are collaborating on all that. Um, but do you worry that it's almost too far to the extreme? Do you feel like you have found a middle uh, what are some of the pitfalls and how have y'all overcome them? Yeah, I think, you know, COVID was the biggest eye opener that we've ever had where, you know, we, the, the week before, you know, COVID started, you know, we were all in the office. There was no way that, you know, you could, you know, work remotely. Uh, and then over the weekend they said, Hey, we're closing the offices. We're going to see how this goes. And magically Monday morning, everything worked great. Right. I think there was a, there's a, a really good shift where at this point, a lot of the work that we do is all electronically, right? It can be over email, it can be over calls. Um, and so I would say the capabilities are there where we can do you know, anything remotely. Um, to your point of the pitfalls, that comes with just a lack of human connection. I mean, when I think about a company, it's, you know, you want to be going to lunch, you want to be going to happy hours, you know, you want to be connecting and you know, grabbing coffee with people. And I think that's, you know, companies made up of people. It's really hard when that's just a, you know, 
you know, a, a face on a video screen or even not that, right? Just kind of like if, if the cameras are turned off, you don't really get to have that connection with people. And so that has, um, you know, we've done a good job with it, but I've seen it in a lot of other places where uh, people move on from jobs pretty quickly just because they don't feel that connection, even if it is a good company and, you know, business, it's, you know, you just don't have that camaraderie and connection that you feel like you would. And so I could see that really being with people leaning heavily into the, you know, remote only side of things. Um, you know, you don't really have a, you know, a, a business, a culture, can't really say that you do when, you know, you're not connecting as a, as a crew. I think it's hard. I mean, our, our oldest son um, recently graduated and uh, moved to Nashville and his first job was a remote job, basically. Um, and I was like, that's so weird that his first experience in the, in the real world was not going to an office every day and having to find a library to go work at or a coffee shop or whatever out of his bedroom, whatever it was. And um, that's the way that company worked. And, and, and that's normal to him, but it seems so abnormal. Like that's, you know, but that's just the way the world is right now, you know, and um, people are seeking that out and wanting it. And and we do work with a couple of uh, financial groups um, in the professional services area, and they all have the same issues. I mean, trying to find people and, you know, how are they going to change and adapt and are they ready for it? And and if they have older partners, they're totally yeah. against it or, or nervous about it, you know, so it's, I mean, we've had to adjust our own agency and how we work. Um, luckily we were kind of already in a, um, a hybrid mode. We had a very loose, uh, unlimited vacation and just you know you know there's no time clocks you, you know as long as you're accountable and show up and do your job we didn't ask a lot of questions and so when we had to switch for COVID, it really wasn't a big deal like we never skipped a beat it was just tomorrow you know and everybody kept working um and then we've since gone to a four-day work week and we've adjusted a lot of things that we do and so it change comes whether you like it or not it's how are you going to yeah, deal with it yeah you know? and it's you know finding the silver lining in a lot of these things it's you know yeah you you miss out on certain things like being able to go in and see everyone every day but then again you know i'm not mad about the lack of rent that we pay and that you know we can kind of devote that to mm -hmm. some really good programs we have some pretty awesome it sounds like y'all are doing similar things of you know finding the the ways that you can pay it back to your employees and your people right if finding cool fringe benefits finding cool uh you know finding a 401k doing a stipend for travel or going into a we work or something like that right and i think that's one of the things that I feel probably sets you and, you know, us and, you know, anybody else that's really taking that philosophy into setting yourselves apart as a firm, as a, as an agency, because, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are doing the status quo of, well, you know, we're trying to maximize profits. Um, but, you know, actually putting, pouring it back into your people. I think that's the messaging that gets out there to, you know, potential uh, employees. Well, and how much too, like as a, um, you know, we talk a lot about with companies, we go in and we'll, we'll assess, you know, not just their advertising, but their internal operations and their company culture and what are they about and then things like that. And and making sure that there's no, um, you know, roadblocks or issues or hurdles that they're overcoming in the marketplace. And I think, you know, one of the things that you're talking about is how do you run a business and is, is the finances in order? Is, is, are there any, like those things bubble mm -hmm. up over time and, and the company feels it. And the team will feel it and eventually your audience will feel it your consumer will feel it you know um if things aren't right and i think that's just again like we talked earlier it's one of those elements that is important to the overall health and life cycle of, of, of how it all works and you can you know you can dress it up and talk nice about it on the surface but 
there's authenticity, you know, and it comes through eventually if, if you don't have all, all your things yeah, lined we up. Were right? in a, uh, when I was in the program, there was a marketing agency founder, um, you know, there, and she was talking about, you know, some of the best advertising you can do is from your employees, right? Like if they really buy into what you're doing, you know, if they enjoy, you know, if you buy them some cool swag and they, you know, wear that swag around, that's fantastic. And, you know, there's, when you speak about authenticity, Michael, right? It's, it, you know, as a founder, you can go out there and preach, preach to the moon about how awesome your firm is. But, you know, if somebody else is doing that word of mouth and it's someone that's really bought in, I think that's, that, that just speaks volumes Ed, of uh, whatever, what you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that, you know, it, it, you make a great point when you're talking about how this, these changes are happening, how these shifts are happening. What do you see next? I mean, I feel like your industry has gone through some big changes. When you look at the advent of the online uh, tax return companies, you look at the creation of the online accounting software, so much companies can do for themselves now. Now we're looking at remote CPAs, uh, which I think is really changing the dynamic of that and more fractional CFOs. What do you see as the next iteration? Where's your industry going next? Yeah, I mean, I could see, you know, the immediate next step. I'm glad you mentioned the fractional CFO thing. And, you know, because that really is the next step, right? I think we're going to get to a point where, you know, you're not necessarily going to have an accounting department for a company. It's really going to be, maybe it's going to be one or two people that, you know, know their stuff um, to be able to have those conversations, but you're going to be able to outsource a lot of that. And so, you know, that's one one back office activity that, you know, you don't have to spend as much time on so that you can spend on, you know, doing whatever you're best at as a business owner. So I love that idea of really just kind of starting to outsource all of your accounting functions, your finance functions, right? The concept of being able to hire somebody at, you know, uh, a fractional CFO at the fraction that you would pay for, you know, you would don't have to give up equity in your company. You don't have to pay, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars a month for this, you know, high level CFO, that's really magical for a lot of people that can, you know, even just kind of need some basic understanding of their financials and some strategy there. So I really like that. I can see, you know, right now a lot of that is being outsourced. Um, you know, there's a lot of offshoring, quite honestly, going to, you know, uh maybe the Philippines or, you know, other, other, other uh countries like that to help out with a lot of this work. But, you know, we're here in the world where artificial is coming in pretty significantly. And one of the best areas that it's going to start being is accounting, quite honestly. So, you know, think about being able to have your TurboTax or your QuickBooks, right, being able to automatically do some of that bookkeeping for you. I think that's really going to be, you know, you're, you're going to be able to outsource kind of the higher level strategies side of things. And then, you know, either you or those firms are going to be able to really lean into technology and use that so that, you know, you're getting access to a lot of, you know, higher level strategic, um, you know, uh, partners, you know, when, when, when you're having those conversations. Right. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, when we were in the midst of making some changes in our accounting processes, we entertained um, Bill.com for a minute to kind of see mm-hmm. about that. And what I loved about it was their use of AI in reading an invoice and automatically inputting the information. And then lo and behold, 
like a week later, QuickBooks comes out with yeah. the same technology. And so it is fascinating to me. Michael hasn't played around with this. And so I don't think that he fully realizes, but to be able to have either an email version of a uh, uh, invoice or scan a paper version, but to have a digital copy uploaded into QuickBooks and QuickBooks' AI reads the invoice and automatically assumes, uh, automatically adds all the information into the right field. You, The human reviews it to make sure it's right, but mm-hmm. it's coding it to the right account. It's attributing it to the right client. It's um, deciding what the thing is that was bought and needs to be paid for, uh, what the right amount is, blah, 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 blah. Push yes, and then it's ready to be paid. I've never enjoyed paying bills as much as that. It makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. And and by no means yeah. are we there yet. Like perfect is not perfect, but yeah, right. obviously we're at the beginning of this this learning journey. And, you know, the more repetitions you have and the more repetitions the software has, you know, the better it's going to get. Right. So definitely right now it's still a learning process. I think a lot of people are, you know, working to see, you know, maybe more times not than so where it actually gets it right. But, you know, every time that you're giving it that feedback and building it, it's just getting better and better. Yeah, I was reading the um, QuickBooks manual the other night, and I realized. Um, just, Why? Right Why even try? It's happen. so ridiculous. <laughs> I want to be involved. I don't know what's funnier I, that you're yeah, reading you the manual would... or that you said the word QuickBooks. Both of those things are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was looking online for some like a, a good book to reference, and I no, couldn't that was really nice, find though. Nice try. Um, you could have said accounting yeah. for dummies. Anyway. That would have been funny. <laughs> I, I believed you for half a second, Michael. But, yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. Like we decided early on in our, our company, and if, if I haven't, if you haven't guessed it, we're both neighbors, so we're not brother and sister. We're we're married, and um, so it's been a challenge at times. But we realized we had to have leadership in the right places, and so um, Jackie was better at those things, and um, so she kind of mans that that side of the world. Otherwise, we probably would be um, we probably wouldn't be here. Um, I'd be in a solo office with. With no employees. So, Kyle, you know how um, some companies use, you know, accrual or cash-based accounting, and then you were just talking about some people who kind of use the bank account balance. Well, Michael took that philosophy one step further in his personal life when I met him. Whatever the ATM said was what he believed he had. Oh, man. It didn't factor into account any credit card bills he might have to pay, any checks that he had recently written. Because remember, this is 25 years ago. People actually wrote checks back then. And so if the ATM said he had $30, he had $30. He could go spend $30. And we don't need to share my personal business right now. And so he was really, really flying by the seat of his pants from a financial perspective. Um, And so I'm pleased to report he is in a much sounder uh, fiscal space at this time. Nice. Thank goodness you got got over there to him, Jackie. Yes, yes, yes. And I often think that it's kind of like when you don't want to um, be the person that washes the dishes, so you just stack the washer badly and then you get fired from that task. I kind of <laughs> think that was his model was like, yeah, I don't really like doing this. And so I'm going to act like I'm the worst at it and then you'll just figure it out. So that's I think he long no, played you, me. You saw the debt. You saw the debt yeah, I had when true. we got married. So yeah. no, that's not the case. There was a, there was, I just moved home from Seattle and uh, back to Louisiana. And yeah, I had this, um, I had this account still set up and it was at C first bank. I don't even know if it's still open there, but, um, and I, I kind of closed it. I was waiting tables at the time bartending and um, I left like $5 in it and I never closed it. And they never, they never closed it for me. And like 10 years later, I was still getting a statement every once in a while that I had this like small amount in the bank. 
So that was my savings plan at the time. So um, clearly we've, we've managed to climb out. Of, I've managed to climb out of that hole. I chose a good partner in life wisely. Yeah, man. What what did you blow that uh, that $5 on when the time came, Michael? Splurging. Admit it. Admit well, it. I keep the, I keep it's still in the bank. What? He's never closed the account. Oh, yeah. They have spent about $300 printing and mailing statements to him every month because he will not close the account. That's, that's my bachelor pad money when I when I when I leave and I run away <laughs> to the circus. Oh, this is the circus. Oh, it's all too much, Kyle. Look, Rick, we're making Kyle uncomfortable now. Kyle's like, oh my God, what have no, I got into? It's, it's, it's just bringing too true with me and my wife, right? Like, I, I love, I love you know, the, the both of you because you do very different things. I'm the numbers person and uh, my wife is very much the graphic design creative person. You know, I think as soon as she came in and to your point, Michael, it, was, it wasn't the finance side, but it was uh, as soon as she saw the Chef Boyardee and the uh, cup of noodles that I subsisted on on a daily basis, I think, uh, you know, she immediately took over the cooking responsibilities and uh, and I've never been happier or better well fed. See, yep, he's the cook and I am grateful for it every single day. Although every day at about 430, he acts surprised that I expect to eat dinner again. Like we just did that yesterday. <laughs> Well, we're, we're kind of transitioning, Kyle. We have four kids and they're all uh, three in college, one just graduated. So we're experiencing a new phase in life um, as we uh, come home to some pretty empty house. But um, yeah, it's all good. I mean, they, they were all home for the holidays and they left. And so we're going through a bit of depression right now, but uh, but it happens. Yeah, you know? New new chapter, new chapter of your book. Maybe uh, hopefully yeah. it doesn't degrade the Chef Boyardee or, uh, or, or instant, instant noodles. Well, you think of it as a new chapter. I think mm -hmm. of it as a loss of deductions. That's how I think about it, Kyle. See? That, oh, spoken like a true accountant. I yeah. like it. Yeah, but um, and yet they're still all on the payroll. See, like I feel like I've lost and lost again. <laughs> so uh, one of them who is getting ready to um, graduate in chemical engineering and she's already been, you know, accepted a full-time position at a big company and she's going to make real money. And so I was explaining to her that she'd be coming off the payroll once she's done with school. And so it's like, yeah, you're going to do your own car insurance, your own health care, because they provide all that, blah, blah, blah. She was fine with everything, every single step of the financial plan until I said Netflix. And she was like, what? I, I have to get my own Netflix account? I was like, it's $19 a month. Yes. Go get but it has my history. It knows me better than anyone. I don't I don't want to break up with my Netflix account. So if the people from Netflix are listening, if you could find a way to transfer account history, like the way we move cell phone numbers from provider to provider, I think more people would be willing to leave you. Yeah. And start yeah. new accounts. That is spooky. The Netflix was the last thing that uh, lasted my ties to my parents as well. So yeah. uh, it's a big one. It, it's a part of your heritage and your history. Well, Kyle, tell me, what should we have asked you that we did not? Where did we drop the ball in this interview? Where did we not have a, a complete lack of training and preparation and planning? Uh, what would you have wanted to talk about that we just missed? No, I mean, I think you laid it out all pretty well. And I am really appreciate, you know, you chatting through everything with, with me. You know, I think the only thing that I did want to reiterate, right, is that there's there's a lot of uh, really good resources out there, you know, for business owners. Owners, um, like I said, you can find a fractional CFO resource. It sounds really fancy, but you know, you can find it for a few thousand dollars a month um, and find somebody that can really help you with your books and help you give you that 
kind of forecast into the future to understand, you know, where your business is going and, you know, what's going right and what's going wrong. So, you know, that is something that we personally do. And so, you know, if there's you know anybody out there that that does have that interest or is looking for that type of resource, you know, we're always but, you know, otherwise, I think you both, uh, you know, nailed, uh, nailed the conversation. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your, um, how do they find you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Kyle Gears. Uh, Zeroed In Consulting is on there as well. You can go to our website at zeroed-inconsulting.com um, or, you know, just Google us, right, on, on Zeroed In. But uh, e- either of those ways, you can reach out to myself personally or, uh, you know, submit a request and we'd love to have a conversation. Perfect. Kyle, thanks for awesome. your time and your willingness to laugh at our bad jokes because we think we're the funniest people we know and we appreciate you pretending like that for an hour. Hey, um, pretty funny in my eyes. Uh, that's because you're an accountant. I'm not sure if that's a high <laughs> enough scale to grade us on, Zing, but I'm bird. taking it. I'm taking it. <laughs> really, though, thank you, Kyle. And to everyone listening, thank you for making it all the way to the end. Thank you, Kyle. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Thanks to you both. It was all a great, right. great conversation. Thanks. Right. Take Bye. care. Thank you. Bye.